Roundabout Watch Confessional, your weekly Debo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 211, and welcome back to the front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. Hope you are doing good, whatever time of day it is, whatever day it is. I mean, heck, you could be listening to this from years from now. Uh, so hope you're doing good wherever you are, whatever you're, whatever you're up to. Uh, man, this week has been really interesting. Uh, in the ever-changing weather landscape of Arizona, it's just been, again, raining a ton. And so, obviously, that makes doing a podcast on the front porch not so great. But then, all of a sudden, I try to get out here, and there's flies and gnats and mosquitoes. It's like it's like the apocalypse. It's like they're like, go in the house. You don't belong outside. Like, go, <laughs> go inside. That's where the air conditioning is. This is our zone. So, I don't know. I mean, I had some friends I was talking to in California. They're like, man, the mosquitoes are everywhere like flies like what is happening it's like the earth is just birthing these things and they're coming after us invading our space would we i think we can all admit right i don't understand flies like i don't they are so annoying it's like they know it gets under your skin you know and 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 i really know it's a very western thing because i go over to other countries and it's not a big deal over there flies are just a natural part of their lives but here it's so inconvenient i i never feel more comfortable or uh it, i never feel or recognize how comfortable i actually am here in the united states when there's flies around because i'm just like you cursed beast get away like seriously get a hold of yourself jeff you know but they've been driving me nuts and they're everywhere they're in my office they're on this front porch they're all over the they're in home depot i was in home depot renting a tool and they were all up in my business. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm back on the front porch doing a podcast. Really, really excited about this passage we're going to go into. But before I do that, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you for those of you who continue to, to not just listen but to donate. Really appreciate that. And there's a multitude of ways that you can do that. I just really, really appreciate You can do that on Patreon. You can send me a direct message on on Instagram, and I can give you some details about how to take some next steps there. So just want to say I'm really, really grateful, really appreciate it. And then thank you for all of you who continue to buy the Front Porch Devotional. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. Really, really love that. Really appreciate that. Okay, into our passage, John 5.43. Now, if you know anything about me, you know the Gospel of John is like, it's my favorite gospel. I love the Gospel of John. I love the imagination, the language. I love it all. And he does such a, it's like he's a, he, he's like a soul writer. Like he's helping us. I feel like I get to enter into a deeper understanding of who Jesus is and what he's actually inviting us into. Not that the other writers don't do that. John just has a special way of doing that. So I love uh, the gospel, John, the gospel writer, John. And by the way, John writes Revelation. Uh, and so I, the, the like even just the imagination that you have to have in order to read Revelation, he brings a lot of that into his gospel as well. So I, I really love that. So if you're looking for a book, a gospel to read, book of John, so good. Okay, John 45, 43 says this, I have come in my father's name, and do, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his in his own name, you will receive him. Okay, I'll read it again. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive him. 
if another comes in my name, you will receive him. Uh, Growing up as a child, speaking of the book of Revelation, we were constantly in threat. I think one of the ways that it was used to get us to evangelize is like he's coming back, right? And so we have to evangelize the world. So I was like, okay, door to door, like going around. And, you know, I had this, we were just fed these kind of very fearful things about the end times. And one of the things that we were talked about, and I, we would watch these movies like A Thief in the Night. And there's a bunch of these movies back in the 80s. You can look them up on YouTube. And they were all end time apocalyptic kind of videos about how, you know, we would, uh, a remnant would be left and then the Antichrist and all of this stuff. And, and so I grew up just like terrified of the Antichrist, right? And, and the Antichrist for me was just like this, this figure that was like coming after everybody and ready. And, and, and what I realized, one of the things that Jesus is bringing out here is, yeah, okay, but also let me draw you into something so much deeper that anything outside of Christ and worshiping Christ is an Antichrist, Right? Yes, there are there are these revelation visions that John gives to us, but Jesus is inviting us into something very practical every day in saying, No, 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 if it's not about Jesus Christ, it's antichrist. If it's not aligning with scripture and who uh, God is and who his son Jesus is and his spirit, it is anti. It is against that. If it's against what the Bible says, it's anti. It's anti. And I was so focused on this one thing without realizing the impact of how all of these things, these very practical things, every single day, were invading my life. And I think this is what Jesus is trying to pull out, that you're making something a Christ in your life. You're, if you're rejecting Jesus, who's standing right in front of you, the Son of God, and you're and you're you're involving all these other Christs. All you're he's like, listen, you're just gonna keep doing this over and over and over. And here I am standing in your midst, right? And the context of the passage, truly the context of the passage, is Jesus saying, Listen, the Father and I are one. Right? The Father and I are one. All that the Father has, so the Son has. Like I and the Father are one. You know, in John 17, he's going, I and you and you and me, right? He is saying, we are one. The Father, like John's going to start off this gospel. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is God. And Jesus has the authority. And here he stands before the religious and they keep rejecting him. The people reject him. And here's the reality. I think many of us do as well. I think many of us want a different savior. And this is where I started really wrestling through this passage. And what was Jesus actually saying, right? Is that oftentimes, now we would, you know, many of us would not say, no, 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 I want a different savior. But practically, practically, that's the way we live. We want someone else, something else to save us. And here's the thing. If you go all the way back to Israel, Israel did the same thing. God is their king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is their God. He says to them in the Abrahamic covenant, and I will be your people. But the people, the Israelites, start looking around. They're like, wait a second, but all the other nations have kings, and we kind of want an earthly king. And so if you remember this dialogue between Samuel, Samuel's like, they want an earthly king. 
and he was like and he was like listen if they have an earthly king he's the, the, he's going to manipulate them and he's going to take from them and he's going to kill them and he just he's going to divide them like G- god says all these different things samuel goes back to the people's people go yeah we still want a king he goes back and god goes okay give him a king because the reality is they don't want god they they don't want the king of kings and the lord of lords right and they don't want this prophet samuel they don't want they don't, they, don't, they want this they want saul and I think we do the same thing. I think we're looking for pseudo-saviors all the time. I think we're going like, God, I don't know if I trust you. Maybe there'll be a politician that can do that for me. Yeah, may, I, God, I don't, I don't really believe that you can provide for me, but my accountant said X, Y, and Z, or my retirement person said X, Y, and Z. And so we're always looking for these saviors in our life. And these are antichrists. We're not depending and trusting in on the Lord to lead us and guide us. We're looking for somebody to save us outside of him. But here's the, and here's the reason why I think we're rejecting. And I think this is why the religious rejected. I think this is why the disciples rejected. is because Jesus, and I think it's why we reject, Jesus is going to challenge. He's going to challenge every part of your life, every part of you. He's going to cause you and call you into sacrificial obedience. Because there is where you get to let go. There is where the weak finally understand that they're strong. There is where blessed are the poor in spirit. That's where the poor in spirit happens. In the midst of this, in in many ways, like this illogical journey. If you go back to episode one, my favorite passage is Ecclesiastes 7.13. Watch the way that God works and fall in line. Don't fight the ways of God for who can make straight what God has made crooked. But we don't like that. Right? We, we, don't, we don't like that. No, no, no. Logical. Right? And, and I, I need, you need to tell me what to do, where to go. And if you don't, I'll just find somebody else that does it. And we settle. We settle so often for pseudo-saviors. And they keep letting us down. And they keep hurting us. But yet we keep putting all of our faith in them. Right? We're no different than the Israelites. And if you read through First and Second Kings, right now I'm studying through the book of Judges, where, which is honestly in the study in the book of Judges, this passage came out. Which is like the book of Judges, they're looking for a human to rescue them when Yahweh, their God, He's the one who's providing to them. He's the one for them. They just keep rejecting him. Nope, nope, nope. We're looking for a different leader, a different judge. And these judges keep leading them away from Yahweh, from God's plan, and leading them into their own self-righteous plans to do what they want to do. And so they go off the rails. And I just, as I'm reading through it and studying through it, and these words from Jesus, I'm like, we do this all the time. I do this all the time. And I need to confront this in my life. I mean, if you want to start opening your eyes every morning, just start asking, what is an antichrist in my life? What is something that's not, is not, where am I putting my trust in other than in Christ? Because if I'm doing that, it's opposite. It's not what I've been called to do. It's not what I've been invited to do. No, I've been been invited to crucify myself. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, right? We've been talking through that. This is what we're being invited into. 
And what because it's hard and difficult, Jesus leading us in paths a lot of times we don't want to go on, we settle for something less. And it's so heartbreaking. And if and a lot of times, like if you if you go into the gospels and you see where Jesus he stands over Jerusalem right after Palm Sunday, and he's standing over Jerusalem and he weeps. He weeps because he's like a shepherd who wants to gather his sheep, but they don't want him. And he talks about how we've killed the prophets, like the prophets are are hearkening that, that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that God is Yahweh above it all. And, and, and we kill the prophets, right? They killed John the Baptist because they didn't fit into the box, the logical box that our human logic, our, our human nature wants to create. And, and, it, and it causes Jesus to weep because all he wants to do is bring us life and life to the full. But he didn't stay on that hill. He went down and he went to Golgotha and he died and he rose again. Because that's, that's what Christ does. That illogical journey where Jesus dies on the cross and resurrects to bring his kingdom come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're being invited into. Because the reality is, and this is so important, right? Rejecting Christ means accepting an antichrist in our lives. And this is a daily challenge that we really need to face and deal with. And, and here's the thing. You can have an eschatological conversation with me, dialogue, debate, about how the end times looks and what it, all those different things around it. And I'm like, okay, we, we can do that. But can we just deal with today? Can we just deal with what we're putting in place of Christ today? Where we're putting all our hope. Are we putting it in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Or are we putting it into all these earthly rulers? That's what Jesus is confronting here. Confronting you and me. And so the question is this. Is how are you rejecting Jesus as your King? How are you rejecting him today? Really deal with it. I, w- I would invite you to, to pray and ask God to reveal where you are making where you are putting your hope and trust in other than Jesus. Father God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and the spirit that guides us into truth, real truth. And, and right now, so many of us are being led astray. And we're not leaning in to the way your spirit is guiding us into the example of your son, Jesus. So spirit, convict us, show us, reveal to us where we have placed false hope in antichrists. We want to follow after you for your glory and your honor. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe. Listen, the God of the universe, he's your king, is near to you. Until next time.